We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is April 27, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Jake from State Farm. What up? Yes, sir. Got the State Farm merch on. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. I, I'm i a little irritated that we're missing these playoff games right now, but uh, the show goes on. Casual. We, uh, we, there's like so many games, and they're all good games tonight. Who cares about the um, NBA playoffs when you can be talking about the Orlando Magic? That's true, and the Rookie of the Year, officially. Facts. That's not like... That's not a joke for me. I genuinely feel that way. Like I like it's fun to watch the playoffs, but ultimately, like, I really only care about the magic. These other teams, they can just go screw themselves as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. I don't care who wins the title. Ultimately, like I would love for it to be Terrence Ross. But um, yeah, whatever. Anyways, guess what, dude? Mm-hmm. I'm going to Disney tomorrow. You're not invited. How does that feel? Wow. Yep. It's fake. Yeah, all the listeners know you're fake. Yeah, fake for it. <laughs> and sorry, I got like two or three more times before I catch up to you and Kevin in that regard. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, not first of all, we've already said a few things, but I wanted to make it a point to thank my boy Luke and Kevin for filling in for me on the last episode. Your boy's been going through it. Like started with the chest congestion, nose, sinus stuff going on. I had pink eye in both eyes. I had an ear infection. I'm on antibiotics now. I'm starting to feel a little bit better, but it was pretty rough there. But you guys did a great job. I listened to the whole episode live. I was the first person to hear the whole episode. And uh, yeah, you guys did a fantastic job. I really, really appreciate it, man. I think it was a it was a fun episode. You got to you know relive a lot of the fun points of the season. There was like we're not really any negativity if i recall correctly and tankathon got the number 1 pick so that was pretty nice it was a, from from the beginning to the end uh, it was a it was a fun episode to well sunday night when you guys recorded 
got the number one overall pick Monday when I did tankathon, like our daily, like, you know, social media tankathon got number one Tuesday. I got number one again. So I'm getting a little bit nervous because it's encouraging because it shows you that it is possible. But on the other hand, I'm like, am I using up all the tankathon luck? That's what uh, old producer Kev came straight to our group chat with when you uh, when you had posted with the number ones. He said, I don't like it. I don't like it. But, you know, is what it is. We'll uh, see how it plays out. Well, Luke, speaking of the NBA draft lottery, we've been talking about the fact that we are running back the NBA draft lottery watch party from last year. And we have a, a big announcement to make. But first of all, I'm really, really saddened to announce, if you haven't already heard, Harry Buffalo is officially permanently closing their doors. We've had multiple draft lottery watch parties there. We've had regular season watch parties there in the past. Last year, we had a night, in my opinion, that should go down in Orlando Magic history, (laughs) where we had the draft lottery watch party there. The Magic win the number one overall pick. Forever will legitimately be one of the best nights of my entire life. (laughs) And the fact that downtown Orlando is losing a staple is Mm -hmm. really, really sad. And our thoughts go out to, you know, the whole Harry Buffalo team and and staff there. They were always super great to us. And it just really sucks that, like, we'll never, like, we'll walk into that building again, I'm sure, because it sounds like the owners of the building want it to be something else and they're undergoing some type of renovation. So we'll see what that's going to be. But the fact that like it's not going to be Harry Buffalo is going to be kind of weird. Yeah, it'll be very weird. Um, and I, because all that we knew was that we couldn't have the lottery watch party there because of renovations, which come to find out, it was really just that they were holding off on announcing that they were closing permanently is what I think and what it seems like. So just stinks that, that you know, came to that that had to happen um but uh yeah no matter what hopefully they don't change the layout of that place because it'll be still be cool to to walk in there and and think of it fondly as the hairy buffalo and like you said what is one of the best nights of our lives from beginning to end of all the people that showed out to um being able to record there afterwards that episode is one of my favorites for sure and winning the number one pick and just the electricity in that place, the two stories, the layout was just so good. So it is, uh, it really does suck. And, and we'll remember it well, obviously. We'll have to reach out to like whoever, be, like, you know, becomes in that spot and try to build like a relationship with them, you know, pretty early mm-hmm. on and, and see if we can't, it won't be exactly the same with it not being Harry Buffalo. But like you said, as long as the layout is the same, you know, like, like the ghost of NBA draft lottery watch party pasts still going to be you know roaming the the halls there so maybe we can you know recapture that spirit someday maybe some you know uh away game playoff watch parties who knows but yeah it sucks about harry buffalo and we wish all the you know all the staff there nothing but the best going forward all right drum roll please all right we've been talking about this for what feels weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks now we have an official venue, or I should say venues, for mm. the NBA Draft Lottery Watch Party for this year. So coming up on May 16th, it is a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. 
The six-man show, again, partnering with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra. We will be taking over the Wall Street Plaza for the official six-man show, Orlando Magic, Michelob Ultra, NBA Draft Lottery Watch Party. I am freaking pumped, Luke. Yeah. We, uh, like you said, it's been weeks. And so to finally be able to announce it, and um, and you've already seen the the comments from people, whether it's a quote tweet or a comment on our post, just how excited they are and the energy already feels great around it. And uh, man, I, I'm very excited for this event and as we should be. And a lot of these comments are saying we're going to do it big. You know, y'all are doing it big. You guys are taking it to the next level. So while it cannot be at Harry Buffalo, it is, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to do it here at, at Wall Street. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're still kind of ironing out all of the details on how everything is going to work there. But today we got the thumbs up from the magic. Like you guys are good to announce this. So we're super excited. One thing that we can announce, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about this, Luke. Should, should I show them what we plan on giving away at the, the lottery watch party? Show it to them. So if you were there last year, we gave away a signed Franz Wagner jersey. You know, we did like ra- raffle ticket style. We'll probably do something similar. But we're here to celebrate the rookie of the year, right? Like that's what this whole episode is about. So we will be giving away this Paolo Bancaro autographed basketball at mm. this year's NBA Draft Lottery Watch Party. So if you're a sports memorabilia guy like myself, it's got the Fanatics authentication on here so you know that it's legitimate. Um, if you're, you just want a piece of Orlando magic history, do just one rookie of the year. Be sure to come out. Even if you hate us, even if you hate the NBA draft lottery watch party, you can still come out get a raffle ticket and potentially go home with that autographed Paolo Bancaro basketball. So I'm sure there's going to be right. You give away the number one pick. It's only right. You give away the guy that the lottery watch party last year, we uh, essentially got the rights to. So we'll, we'll see, uh, we can recreate the magic by giving away a, Palo ball here Luke I can't imagine as amazing as Harry Buffalo last year was I can't imagine being right now we have almost 350 RSVPs with three weeks to go and this is before like the magic social media muscle has kind of gotten behind this whole thing which Mm -hmm. is going to blow it up even more I can't imagine being at Wall Street with hundreds of magic fans again and winning the number one overall pick again man like, I am so pumped. And again, maybe we're using too much of the luck now, but it's just showing me, like, it actually is incredibly possible that the Magic end up with the number one overall pick again. It's All happened right. before where we got two in a row. Why not us? Why not now? Why not again? Mm-hmm. That old Paolo and Wemby combo. Man. Paolo, Wemby, Franz. Like, give me a, a freaking break, man. I just It gets me very, very excited thinking about that. Yeah. In NBA news today, Luke, uh, the collective bargaining agreement was officially ratified uh, between the NBA Board of Governors and the NBA Players Association. The new collective bargaining agreement will go through the 2030 season. So uh, we roughly have, you know, another six, seven seasons before we have to worry about any kind of lockouts. I know uh, we're still kind of waiting for like all the official details around the collective bargaining agreement, if uh, I'm not mistaken. But it's good that they got it done and there's not going to be a, a lockout. Because I remember, what was that, 2011, 2012, the mm-hmm. last lockout it just really sucked. 
So yeah. the fact that we don't have to deal with that is great. Do you, do you remember from that lockout? Um, do you remember the Chris Paul bowling tournament that he had with like LeBron and some of the other guys? It was, I don't know why. Very but vaguely. They, they held it on ESPN. I remember that. And, and that's the reason I knew about it. Obviously, they promoted it, whatever. But I, I remember it. And then I saw a, like a screenshot of it to, uh, you know, someone just posted it as like a throwback or something on Twitter. And I like pretty vaguely remembered it. And uh, yeah, that was the last lockout. But yeah, it's nice to know. No bowling tournaments until uh, at least 2030 here. So we got we bought ourselves some more time. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know anything about the bargaining agreement. What really goes into all of that. There's a lot of, I'm sure, legal jargon and whatever. I don't know any of that. All I know is we're playing ball for seven more years. Good thing the Magic will have at least one or two championships before then anyway. So if there's a lockout, that'll hold us over a little bit. What I do remember from that lockout is like the Drew League stuff, like guys playing, mm-hmm. like KD playing at like Rucker Park. That <laughs> stuff was awesome. Like that summer, like yeah. seeing those guys just be able to play like average Joes and completely destroy them. Mm-hmm. That was fun. But I just remember like like waiting and waiting and waiting for basketball to come back. So yeah. luckily this time around, we were able to avoid that and have a long time to enjoy the the new collective bargaining agreement and lockout free NBA basketball. But Luke, the reason that we are here, the reason that folks clicked on this video or, you know, tapped on this podcast episode, we've been saying it for months and and the old saying goes, you know, what's understood doesn't have to be said, but around February, March, there was a lot of bozos out there that were peddling a, a very false narrative And the results of what we're about to talk about really speak for themselves. But Luke, I want to take you back to Wednesday night or Tuesday night. I'm sorry. We're recording Wednesday night. Tuesday night, you're sitting on your couch about 6.58 Eastern time. You turn on NBA TV. What is going through your mind as you're waiting for the official Rookie of the Year announcement? It's got to be Paolo. If it's not Paolo, I... I was going to be legitimately upset. I and and not to say that I get wrapped up in the rookie of the year award just solely because we have seen ro- people win rookie of the year and then their career does not, you know, go on that trajectory. I don't think that's the case with Paolo, but that is just what I'm saying. Like there's a lot of people who have won rookie of the year where you're like, "Eh, you know, throw their career away. It doesn't really interest me." Um, but regardless, it was a pride thing on Tuesday night. It was a uh, our guy better win because there's just no way he doesn't. And so I think that was that was really I was it was kind of nerves, but it was just like you, you know, I, I just need this to go the way that I think it's gonna go and that I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure it's gonna go. I need them to I need to see it come out of their mouths. I feel like the last you know ten, eleven years have scarred me so much to the point where I just I can't believe something is going to go right for the magic. So even as I'm sitting there, I'm like every time something like this is like, we've had the opportunity for something good to happen to the magic outside of like the last you know couple of years, it always goes the other way. Like going back to like the Aaron Gordon dunk contest where it was so blatantly obvious that he won those. And then he lost both of them. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there like, there's there's like in my brain, it doesn't make sense for Paolo to not win rookie of the year. 
but I'm like, they're going to do it to us one more time. They're going to steal this from us. They're not going to let us have it. And then Paolo wins rookie of the year, and I'm completely ec- ecstatic. The The voting comes out out of 100 total votes. Paolo Bancaro received 98 first place votes, one second place vote, and one third place vote. He received 494 points towards winning the NBA Rookie of the Year. Jalen Williams was second closest with 241 points, Luke. Yeah, but it was funny that Walker Kessler, I think, is the one of him and Jalen Williams that actually got a couple first-place votes, right? That is correct. Jalen Williams received zero first-place votes, Mm -hmm. 75 second-place votes, 16 third-place votes. Walker Kessler got two first-place votes, 17 second-place votes, 53 third-place votes. I don't know how someone justified Paolo getting a third-place vote. I don't get it. I that that's the one thing from this that didn't sit right. I was like, "In what world can you give Paolo third place?" I would barely understand second, and then you got some clown putting him third. So that's just crazy to me. Advanced metrics, bro. I guess that's what it's all about. Like to me, and we've had you and I have had this conversation a ton. Like we don't yeah. claim to be like advanced analytics gurus or anything. No. We do see their value, and and we are you know interested in them. But it doesn't tell the whole story. Neither does the eye test. But it's kind of like this like crock pot meal that you got to throw everything in there, let it all marinate, and then at the end, like you come to a conclusion. The eye test is very much necessary. Like context matters. The fact that Paolo Bancaro, like they were only a 34 win team because they started the season five and 20 with Paolo Bancaro being the number one option literally the entire year. I don't know how you can look at that and whether or not you look at those other guys maybe more impactful in their roles. That's a completely different discussion. But Paolo Bancaro in my opinion, and by the opinion of 98 of the 100 voters, was the rookie of the year, Luke. And to me, what really made me mad is like, we accused all of these media members of being bored and just trying Mm -hmm. to grasp at straws for content. This proves to me that that is exactly what that was. Yeah. You all said, oh, maybe it's Jalen Williams. And then 98 out of 100 of you said, no, it's Paolo. So what were we (laughs) doing in February and March? Need a content, bro. You and I, as podcasters, we know you need the content. They got the content. <laughs> you and I don't do that, though. No, no, not like that. That's for sure. You and I, I can say this for a fact. You and I have never sat here and said, "What kind of hot take can we give that's going to draw more that's true. clicks or more views?" We have never done that. We covered yeah. the Orlando Magic year round. <laughs> that's all that we cover. You covering the entire freaking NBA. You have to be able to come up with something better than the garbage that was being peddled in February and March about like Jalen Williams or Walker Kessler or whoever it is. Yeah. And the main, I mean, the main one, it's just lazy. Let's be honest. The, the main one was Jalen Williams. And so it's even funnier to me that Jalen Williams was the agenda being pushed and he didn't even get a first place vote. It's not like, the Walker Kessler situation where like people are arguing for Walker and then he gets two first place votes. It wasn't like that at all. Like it was all Jalen Williams. That was the talk. And 
for it to shake out the way it did where Jalen doesn't get any first place votes just shows you how much smoke they're blowing um, trying to get that agenda started just to not even the agenda honestly just the content the clicks that they were trying to get started it looking back truly ridiculous and I I hope those people do feel a little bit dumb that they ever and even man they knew what they, they were doing they'll be right? doing the they, exact they same to, thing next year they tried to save it by saying things like I think Palo is going to win but and then going to try to present an argument of Jalen Williams over Palo and it's like it's ridiculous we all know how ridiculous it is they know how ridiculous it is we saw the voting turns out that's all public like whatever man Palo rookie of the year by a landslide we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What did you expect, like, out of 100 first-place votes, how many did you expect Paolo to receive? I don't want to misquote for the reason for my like perception of this, but was it Zach Lowe that said, I expect it to be close or something yep. to that effect? He said he, he expected it to be, like, the slimmest of margins or something like that So in the, one of his that, last articles. I took it somewhat with a grain of salt, but on the other mm-hmm. hand, I was like, I'll factor it into my expectations. I really thought that maybe we'd be seeing like 75 to 80 first place votes for Palo. I definitely didn't honestly see 98, even though I think it should have been 100. But just given what we were hearing, I was like, oh, maybe there are people out there that are justifying it through whatever ways, the avenues they want to. 
So yeah, I I think that I expect a seventy five to eighty. I was gonna say like around like seventy to thirty, maybe a couple mm-hmm. of you know votes in there for Walker Kessler. But what made me again so mad when I saw the results is like, oh, you all didn't even believe the garbage that you were pushing because <laughs> none of you voted Jalen Williams for Rookie of the Year. That's what I'm saying. He didn't like, have any first place votes. Oh my gosh, it's just so idiotic. Anyways, folks, welcome to the Six Man Show. If this is your first time listening, this is exactly why we exist, because the national media sucks. They don't cover this team appropriately. They don't watch this team. When they talk about this team, they pretend that they do, but they don't. We watch all 82 games every single year. We record twice a week. And just remember that when a couple years from now, the Magic are really good and the national media comes on in and they want to talk about this team all the time. Just remember your old boys, Lukey, John, and Kevin were the ones holding it down for you here. So, But that bullcrap aside, Paolo Bancaro, the rookie of the year, 20 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 3.7 assists. One of six rookies to do that since the NBA-ABA merger. So over the last 50 years, only Grant Hill, Michael Jordan, Blake Griffin, Walter David, Larry Johnson, Larry Bird as rookies, have averaged at least 19.6 rebounds, 3 assists, and now Paolo Bancaro. We've been saying this all year, and I feel like at a certain point it just felt like kind of like hyperbole, just something we were saying to get people hyped about Paolo. But legitimately, one of the best rookie seasons, Luke, that we've seen in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, there's stat after stat that can that can prove it to you there's game after game that you can see with the eye test that Paolo is just different than the rest of these guys that are in the rookie class in general um real quick i'm pushing my cat off the table um and yeah so for me man Paolo just unreal as we all know and there it's crazy to me the when you're doing your research and looking and seeing where in history does he stand against the rest of the rookie of the years? And I will get into that, but it, spoiler alert, it's a very good and very good standing and very good company where Paolo falls in comparison to other rookie of the years, even. So like the best of the best at doing what they did in year one, Paolo is one of them. Like we've talked about this a ton, like not even LeBron you know, averaged those numbers. Now he was a little bit higher in terms of assists than Paolo was, but like, and again, we're not here saying that Paolo is going to be LeBron James. I mean, he very well might be. (laughs) The jury is still out on that, but like when you look at how historic this is, like when you mention these names, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like just the historical context alone tells you that this kid was the rookie of the year. And you and I were dead wrong, brother. We got we we fed into the pre-draft hype last year, you know, talking about Jabari Smith Jr. And although I feel like we were like giving the proper context, if you're not familiar with the podcast going back to last like pre-draft, our whole thing was like, if Jabari Smith is going to develop into like a number one option, then we were fine with him being the pick. I still would have been fine with Chet Holmgren being the number one pick. Although I would have been devastated that, you know, we would have missed his entire rookie year the way that the Thunder did. But we were also like, you know, Paolo Bancaro is like the most surefire guy in this top three. And, you know, we again, we fed into the the pre-draft 
hype and narrative that the Magic were falling in love with Jabari Smith Jr. You know, they worked him out for like two and a half hours, whatever it was. For whatever reason, they could not get Paolo Bancaro in the building for a workout. So it was like, are they interested in him? Are they not interested in him? And man, this kid is just better than anyone could have asked and, and dreamt for. If you would have told us last pre-draft that this was the rookie season that he was going to have, obviously he's the unanimous number one overall pick. And although we didn't think going into the draft that this was going to be one of those drafts where you draft a generational talent, that's exactly what happened. The Magic drafted a generational talent in Paolo Bancaro. And the fact that we have this guy for the foreseeable future, he said it today, and it just warmed my freaking heart. You know, he looks forward to playing here for a long, long time in Orlando. And the way that he glowingly, glowingly speaks about Orlando and the people here in Orlando and the people within the Orlando Magic community. We've been hoping and praying since Dwight decided he wanted to get traded to Boston that the heavens above would send us a franchise guy. And we have him. And I, I've just can every day I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm the luckiest guy in the world that I'm married to this beautiful woman that I wake up to next every day. And then I roll out of bed and I'm like, and Paolo Bancaro plays for my basketball team every single day, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, and like you said, we really bought into the reports that, you know, the magic had their guy and Jabari Smith Jr. I went as far and the real ones know I went as far as to call him my perfect little angel. You know, those words were uttered. I was I was also in love with Jabari Smith Jr. And for the record, I still think he's going to be pretty good. He is yeah. not the player that he was when he started the rookie season when he looked like he was struggling. So I, I'm not ashamed at all to have been wrong. If that if listen, everybody's got opinions and you're going to be wrong sometimes. We were just wrong. We did say and we prefaced a lot with we are cool with whoever the front office takes. We're going of the mindset of we're trusting this front office till they burn us, that sort of perspective. So when it comes down to it and you take Palo, we were genuinely good with it. And I think it adds another element of, oh, maybe they knew some things we didn't. And we also, I will say, like you all have already said, we didn't think there was a generational talent in this draft, which is why we were cool with anyone in the top three. So to those who knew Paolo was the guy. And if you really said to yourself, he's a generational talent, that's great. I don't think you guys exist. I think there's people that wanted Paolo. Ain't nobody that was saying he was going to be generational. Nobody was saying that he's going to be able to do this long-term. I don't care who you are. I don't believe you. And and maybe that's just my own ego because I didn't see it. But I just, the kid is ridiculous. I don't know if there are people that thought he was going to be this good this quickly, but I do believe that there are people out there that thought he could eventually reach the ceiling that we now all see. But people that tell me that they thought he was going to be this good this quickly and have this type of a rookie season, that I don't necessarily believe. But I do know pretty confidently that there are people that saw the potential in Paolo last year pre-draft. Yeah, they saw the potential. I just... I, I don't know, man. I We were all reading the same scouting reports. Let's not act like we were all watching every college game that Paolo played in, Jabari played in, Chet played in. A lot of us are NBA fans only. So that's why I'm like, 
congrats. I'm happy you guys were right because clearly this guy is everything that we could ask for more. So I listen, man, all aboard the Palo train for sure. And you and I have been since draft night, basically. Those people do exist. I would say the people that are more so like in our circumstance where like they went into this draft with like as much information as we had. And there are people that had more information. Like there are people that watched, you know, all of the games and stuff like that. But like the consensus was that there was no consensus, like amongst NBA mm-hmm. scouts and, you know, draft right. experts and so on and so forth. There was no consensus. So for people, and, and I don't feel like people are acting like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it was ever a conversation. But if you are like, it was a conversation like that is that is a fact like the entire NBA world thought that the Magic were drafting Jabari Smith Jr. So but not to harp on that, Luke, like just looking back on the year that Paolo Bancaro had from start to finish, you know, what was it? Twenty nine points, you know, in his first game against the Detroit Pistons, twenty seven points, excuse me, twenty seven points, nine rebounds, five assists, two blocks, sixty one percent from the floor. Like from day one, it was like, oh, like, no, like this kid is as NBA ready as we all thought, you know, at 6'10", 250 pounds, moves more like a you know, a small forward than, you know, the center that he's built like. And that is the, like, that's the Palo Bancaro experience. This 6'10", 250 powerhouse that moves like a guy, his size should not be able to move and has the dexterity and the skill that a guy his size is not supposed to have. For me, it's all about the touch, the shooting, and the reps that he gets, you know, in in terms of shooting mid-range, turnarounds, three-point moving forward, that is going to be like the transcendence of Paolo Bancaro. We saw the proficiency, you know, finishing at the rim at times. Of course, he's going to improve there. We've talked about the free throw rate. Um it, he's the total package. The kid is a much better defender. And we said that even before the draft, people were saying he was going to be a cone defensively. And we said, no, no way. Not with those physical tools, not with the makeup of this team, not with the coaching staff and like everything that you think about and you hope for in a generational talent in like a jumbo playmaking self-creating wing. Paolo Bancaro has that. Like he has the vision. He can make every pass on the floor it's just going to take a little bit of time for this kid to get more efficient. And and that's the thing. I'm not worried about that whatsoever. Are you efficiencies? No, I listen. He had by far and away had the most usage on this team. He was tasked with the most, the most uh, was put on his shoulders and the fact that he was over 40% honestly from the field as the number one option as a rookie averaging 20 points a game shooting 15 and a half field goals a game the fact that he shot over 40% from the field is incredible and nothing short of it so the efficiencies i'm not worried about he's going to continue to improve in his efficiencies it's more so just the eye test for the rookie year is all that i really care about and it's nice to see that he produced at a high level obviously averaging an even 20 points per game, almost seven rebounds. All that stuff is nice. But I I mean, as we know, rookie year, all about eye test. He passed the eye test with flying colors and everything else will come after that. Yeah, I'm really excited to see because, you know, so much of 
his last off season. You know, like they lost at uh, you know the NCAA tournament the end of March, like the Final Four, and then basically had like April and May to get ready for the NBA draft, and then it's like the last few weeks, like you you might be meeting with teams, which we know Paolo Bancaro at least didn't meet with the Magic. I'd be surprised if he really had any, you know, workouts. I don't remember hearing about whether or not if you know he worked out for Houston because I think it was kind of a foregone conclusion that if he's there at three, he's he was going to be the pick. So the fact that, and this was really one of my favorite things of the entire day, the the rookie of the year ceremony really starts with Paolo Bancaro coming fresh out of a workout, a lift, whatever, drenched in sweat, getting his first glance at the rookie of the year trophy. The fact that this kid mm-hmm. won rookie of the year yesterday and is already back to work today tells me that he's not satisfied. He's he's not, you know, getting complacent with rookie of the year. It's not good enough for him. And talking about like almost like coming just short of guaranteeing that the Magic are going to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. Like the kid first of all just oozes with confidence and you talk about people having it and until you're around somebody that has it, it's kind of hard to quantify. The kid just like walks into a room and owns the room at 20 years old. I've yeah. I've never like really experienced that. And if you haven't been around like an NBA player with that level of, of confidence, you might not really understand it. Like everybody says it, but like experiencing what it is in person to me is kind of a different thing and it's just so 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 impressive and i just there's nobody can tell me that this kid is not going to be a superstar yeah my favorite thing that from the rookie of the year press conference um that he had my favorite thing that he said was talking about after the magic lose the game that basically eliminates them from playoff contention he says we all go back to the locker room obviously they're you know, upset the season really is over at that point officially. But he said, then we all kind of looked at each other and we all gave each other the same look. And that was, we know what it is. Like we know, we know what the goal is for next year playoffs or bus basically. Um, Obviously not exactly the direct quote from Paolo, but essentially that's what you gather from what he said. So that, that was my favorite part was just knowing that he, they all in that moment, yeah, it sucks that that ended, but we only have room to grow. We're only going to get better. The immediate goal now is going to be the playoffs. So it was awesome, man. I really liked the setup of it um, there. Obviously, you you got Jeff and you got David. You got Paolo. You got Jamal. Jamal All those guys the sitting Luka up there. Ones, by the way. Luca to Orlando. Luca Magic confirmed. Um, but I saw I, Jamal I like walking setup, so. up to the podium and I really like mm-hmm. the Tatum ones, even though I've heard maybe they're not the best like functional basketball shoe, the way that they're engineered, mm-hmm. but I really like the way the, the Tatum ones look. So I saw Jamal walking onto the podium and I was like, are those Tatum ones? And then I was like, I looked really hard for a second. I'm like, wait a minute. Those aren't the Tatum ones. Are those the Luca ones? So I go to the Jordan website and I'm looking through like the different Luca colorways and then I'm going to Getty and looking up jamal mosley images from today and like the the um the inside of the shoe i don't know i guess that's called the insole maybe i don't know that's not called the insole the inside you know everybody knows what i'm talking about not the outside of the shoe the inside of the shoe right it's the luca ones man jamal be a little less obvious that you're tampering 
and trying to get Luka Doncic <laughs> to Orlando. I'm not complaining. I just don't want us, you know, getting fine and like losing draft picks and stuff like that. No, he's a proud, he's a proud papa. He's uh, he that's his guy, and uh, maybe that'll be his guy in Orlando. I don't know. I don't. How know, How sinister would it be? If like the magic signing Jamal Mosley, they had like an inside track, like Jamal's like, listen, he's like, I know I'm, I don't have any experience. I got an ace in the pocket. All right. Luca is not so happy. Me and Luca are tight. Mark Cuban, no idea what he's doing over there in Dallas. They're, they're going <laughs> to unravel in no time. Believe you me. Three, four years from now, I'll get you Luca. And, and all he says at that point is I just need you guys to put the pieces in place for us to make the playoffs. That's all Luca needs to see. He just needs to see us making the playoffs as soon as possible. Then the normal pick happens, and they're like, Mike Miller's like, I got a guy for you. And everybody says, all right, we're on board. We're going to pull off the greatest mischievous draft pick of all time. We're going to sneak one past everybody. Not even Paolo himself is going to know. We know he's the one. We know he's going to be generational. We're going to pick them. We're making the playoffs in two years. Tops. And Luke is coming to Orlando in just a couple years. And uh, that was the this week's segment of deranged fan fiction. But I did think <laughs> it was pretty funny that he was wearing the shoes. Like, you know, everybody jokes about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is actually wearing Luca's on stage. And part of me felt like, oh, it's kind of a nod to Paolo. You know, Paolo's a Jordan guy. He's wearing Jordans on stage. You know, that was pretty cool. But. I do agree with you. The way that Paolo was talking about kind of the end of the season and the, the way they're looking at each other in the locker room, you could just see the smile on his face. You can tell, you know, the Magic haven't played basketball in like three weeks and he's already dying to get back out there. Mm-hmm. So Paolo Bancaro, man, never in doubt. It shouldn't have been a conversation, was always the rookie of the year and now is officially the 2023 NBA Kia Rookie of the year. Yeah. And I want to, Jonathan, if I may, provide just may. a couple things about Paolo and his season to just further uh, compliment and you know congratulate, enjoy the season that he had. The first thing I want to talk about, because arguably the most impressive trait that Paolo showed this year, aside from like his mentality and confidence, is his ability to get to the free throw line. He was able to do that at a very high rate. 7.4 free throw attempts a game. Um, I looked up some things here. Of the rookie of the year winners on this side of 2000, Paolo averaged the second most free throw attempts behind only Blake Griffin, who Blake Griffin early on living in the post, getting to the rim, that was his thing. He had eight and a half free throw attempts a game. On the, There's essentially a list that I found, like that I just looked up through StatMuse, on the top 25 of that list, only four of those players are on this side of 2,000. Those players are Blake Griffin at 8.5 free throw attempts a game, Paolo, 7.4, Luka Magic, 6.7, and Tyreek Evans, 6.5. So those are that kind of speaks to just how incredible Paolo Bancaro was at getting to the line. It's something we talk about a lot, but now that the season's over, we can finally see how things like that stack up Paolo on in very great company already. You could argue Tyreek Evans. I was about to say, how nice other. was Tyreek Evans' rookie year, bro? Tyreek was only went, him. 
it, it only year. went downhill for Tyreek. Uh, Bad. Because I was I was looking what at happened, it. Man? Essentially, what happened to Tyreek? He averaged 20 points a game, too. 20.1 points per game. Yeah, like multiple game field. winners his rookie year. Tyreek Evans' rookie year was crazy. Almost six assists a game. 5.8, five rebounds, uh, six and a half free throw attempts. I mean, the guy was doing everything well except shooting from three. So that's uh, that's the company that Paolo's a part of. Not bad, especially for the rookie of the year winners. Um and then also, Jonathan, I kind of just wanted to give kind of a brief overview of the most points that he had in the game and most assists and rebounds, right? He made it easy on us because that Sacramento game that we lost early on in the year was the most points that he had as rookie year. 33 points against Sacramento, but also had his uh, season high in rebounds, 16 against Sacramento. Just crazy performance. 33 and 16 is absurd. He had 14 games with double-digit rebounds, um, just to kind of add to that rebound piece. He scored 30-plus points six times this year. He scored 20-plus points 40 times this year. It makes sense because he averaged 20 a game, but still seeing that, I was like, whoa. He averaged it 20-plus 40 times. I mean, that's ridiculous. He only had four games with single-digit points. I feel like... Uh, that 16 rebound game, I, I feel like that's got to be like the Magic's high on the season. Wendell's high on the year was 14. Let's see. Orlando Magic. Most rebounds. Let's see. Um, So Wendell and Paolo, this is not that, but we're tied for the most rebounds for the Magic this season with 497. That's crazy. Um, Paolo Bancaro had the most boards for the Magic in a game this season with 16 against the Kings. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, Super impressive. Goga, Goga and Bowl were tied for second at 15 rebounds. Wendell had 14. Bamba 13. Tied with Paolo, who had two 13-rebound uh, games. Wendell also had two 13-rebound games. So, yeah. So, like, the kid... When I when I sit here and think about it, like as he continues to improve, like he could why can't Paolo be one of the best rebounders in the league? Mm-hmm. Why can't he be one of the best playmaking bigs in the league? Why can't he be one of the best scorers in the league? Why can't he be a plus defender? Like you throw all that together, we're talking about a, like a top five guy in the league someday. He had six. 30-point games this year, Jonathan. If you had to go out on a limb, do you think he scores 50 next year in a game? Maybe not 50. I I would put a lot of money on 40. Yeah, because, I mean, you get 30-plus six times. You got to be close to 40. I just wanted to make it difficult on you and ask about 50. Next two seasons, I'll say absolutely. Mm-hmm. 50's tough. 50's a lot. Especially when you've got as many guys on our team that are capable of scoring. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man. If Paolo can shoot the three ball the way that I think that he eventually will be shooting the three ball, 50's going to be a lot easier to achieve. Yeah, he gets to, to be like a 36, 37% three-point shooter. You know, this is a guy that's going to drop 50 yeah. you know, once a year at least. Because you talk about 
what his first game how many was it against detroit thir- uh, 20 what 27 27 was zero three-point attempts like we talked about in last episode this kid's so i think he he's he's got to be close to dropping definitely 40 for sure i say we get two 40 point games out of him next year like this year Embiid had three 50 plus point games he also had a 48 47 and a 46 point game this year like Embiid is is great like you know arguably you know top five top 10 player in the league I really think that that's Paolo's ceiling. Like I, I genuinely believe he can be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. And when you have that, then it's just up to the front office to continue to build around him. And you yep. already you have do Franz, that. who I believe can be a you, top you know, 20 player in the league. You don't, at the end of the day, want to be looking around and look like the Dallas Mavericks and uh, how they've not been able to do that for Luka. So they tried with Kyrie, evidently, no chemistry there. I don't know, but you you have to continue to build, even if it's just little by little. As Paolo gets better, you surround him with even more and more that fits his play style. I think right now you're in an interesting spot because you know he's the guy, but do you go all in on giving him what he needs already to build around him and like fit his skill set, or do you just kind of get what you think the team needs as a whole? and and go from there i don't know but it's going to be interesting to see when this front office is clearly getting arranging a team to to fit directly palo's needs i think when you have a player of this caliber i don't think they're mutually exclusive i think what is best for palo ultimately is going to be best for the team like optimizing palo's skill set is what is going to be best for the orlando magic so you really just say like, hey, this is the guy that we're going to build around. But I want to go back to our conversation from a few episodes ago that we got killed over for some reason when we were talking about the fact that like, hey, like you, you might have to be patient, guys. Like we might not be competing Uh-oh. for an NBA championship in, in two years. And right. we weren't saying like, oh, we need to be patient in the vein of like, hey, we're going to be bad for a while. You and I put it in the context of like, hey, this could be a 50 win team next year. But it it takes time to get through those like upper echelon kind of steps. Like it's hard to go from like a 50 win team to a potential 60 win team to a team that is legitimately a contender to win the title. Like when we go through the standings, the Cleveland Cavaliers just won 51 games and they lost to the five seed New York Knicks in five games. Yeah, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, great team. Great roster, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, like a lot of talent on that team. They're multiple steps away from being like a true contender. Yeah. Like they I, probably need to add some guys and young guys like Darius Garland and you know Evan Mobley need to take another step. And if you just look at the historical context of the NBA, 22, 23-year-old guys don't win titles being the best guy on their team you you got to take your playoff lumps you got to get to that 25 26 27 28 range just historically michael jordan lebron james didn't win titles until they were into their later 20s it's just how it goes that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun 
That doesn't mean the next few years are going to be miserable. It's just like, hey, don't expect a title in the next three years. It's just not realistic. I think the people that had an issue with our take, um, I think that weren't actually really, listening. They helped me prove my point. My like the literal thing that I said on that episode, Jonathan, was I don't think people understand how long of a leash they're going to give this team and not competing for a championship right away. Like, I don't think people get it. They're like, when you are firmly in the playoff mix, you make the first round. The first time you make the first round and you get bounced, you're okay with it because you made the playoffs. You're firmly in the playoff mix. You know that the, the future is bright. Like, that's what I was talking about. And all these people got mad because they didn't think that this team should be, we should be happy or content. I think that was the biggest thing. You guys shouldn't be content with with first round exits or whatever it was. But the point was, we're going to make the first round a couple times and it might not go our way for a, a couple times. And that is okay, especially with this team. But I think you're going to have a lot of patience because at the end of the day, you think how optimistic we are, Jonathan, at the end of this year where we didn't make the playoffs. Like, think how optimistic people are going to be when we're making the playoffs. How mad are we going to be when 22-year-old and 21-year-old Paolo Bancaro are losing in six games in the first round? Like, right. <laughs> what are we, these kids are 22 and 21 years old. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, it's going to so, take time. And I'm not even I'm not even going to say, like, we won't have moments of frustration. But, like, as long as the chart looks like this... Right. Who cares? Up and to the right, man. And th- and that's all this will be. And I, I genuinely, I, I know. Listen, man, I've got friends that are Knicks fans. Do you know how ecstatic they are that they just made it out of the first round? People are going to clown on Knicks fans because they're celebrating a first round uh, win this much. But that is how hard it is to win in the NBA. They They have had a decent team for a few years now, and they are just now making it out of the first round. They and make they it have to the a first round they... chance yep. to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals if the Bucks can't figure it out. You just have to break down that first round door, in my opinion. Like you just got to bust the door down, and once you do that, the sky's the limit, and you can finally start to see it. But it is hard to win in the NBA, and we're only going to become honestly more aware of how hard, just how hard it is to win in the NBA the better that we get. We're going to see teams around us getting better. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to play a team in the first round that just might not be a good matchup for your team and for the Magic, and you get bounced in the first round one or two times. But then once you make it, you're you're still optimistic. And then once you make it past that first round, that's the payout's worth it. Like (laughs) That's all worth it to see these guys make it out of the first round of the playoffs in general. And uh, and then who knows what they're able to, to achieve beyond it. I think we all know what we think they're going to be able to do, but we'll, we'll see if they can get there sooner rather than later. But I'm not mad at it if it takes it later. You know what I would give to be the Celtics or the 76ers or like the Denver Nuggets, like a team that's just good every year and is in the playoffs every year. Like, you know what I would do after the last you know 12 years? like. Sign me up for that <laughs> for a few years. Sign me up losing in the second and third round. Like, 
I'm good with that for a little bit. But again, it, it might be like, oh, yeah, like first round one year and then you get bounced. And then the next year, like, oh, you make the second round and ooh, the next year you lose, you know, seven games in the first round. But then like you make the Eastern Conference finals and you lose in the Eastern Conference finals in six or seven games. And then the next year you make the finals and you lose in five or six games. But then you make the finals again and then you end up winning the finals like that's the trajectory of an NBA contender. Like that's the way that it goes. Like go back, look at the golden state warriors, right? Where they were losing to like the Denver nuggets in like the first or second round, what seemed like two or three years in a row. And then they figured it out. Steph Curry. What what was he when they won their first title, you know, 25, 26 years old, whatever it was like, it, it takes time for these guys to get to that level. And, it's you can have all the talent in the world. You can be the best player, but playoff basketball is different. Everybody talks about that and it takes time to learn how to win in the regular season. And then guess what? It takes time to learn how to win in the playoffs. So we're not saying like we're, we're okay with the magic being mediocre. We're content with the magic continuing to progress, like knowing the bigger picture and what is at stake long-term. If this team does it the right way, you have Paolo Bancaro, you have Franz Wagner as like your building blocks. That's enough to win multiple championships in a group. I hope people understand how special it is. Like these guys that, yeah, it all has to go right. But that's what it takes to win a title. Everything has to go right for you in a given year. And if you're contending for multiple years, a lot has to go right. But if it all goes right with Paolo, it all goes right with Franz, it all goes right with the rest of this roster construction, you're looking at a team that five, six years from now is going to be contending for multiple years. And as long as we're on that trajectory, I'm along for the ride. Cause I've seen the other yep. side of it. The other side of it sucks getting mm-hmm. dropped two or three spots every year in the draft lottery. Not a ton of fun, mm. but it, it was just crazy. Like, what were you doing? Like we're, you were trying to do the dishes while you're, you're listening to the podcast and you're like half listening and you hear two or three <laughs> words here. And then like you build your whole thesis statement around what we were saying off of that. Like sometimes people legitimately don't listen and it's <laughs> kind of crazy, but I'm glad you guys are at least half listening. That means a lot. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help financially support every episode, our patrons If you're interested in joining our Patreon community where you can help us do all the awesome things that we do, like throw watch parties with the magic, like give away autographed Paolo Bancaro basketballs, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And if you join our Hall of Fame or our elite tier, uh, you get a special shout out on every episode like Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Julio, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia, and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, 
RMProv221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Let's Spank Don't Tank, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanimal72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name, Only Franz, and Maria. Shout out to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, we are 19 days as we're recording this, as you all are listening to this. We are 18 days away from the NBA draft. Each episode, as we get closer to the NBA draft lottery, it's kind of crazy that we're this close already. 19 days. Saying that out loud makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, each episode, we give the old Tankathon, which is an online NBA draft lottery simulator. We give it one spin and we talk about the results. Uh, right now, um, and the way that it's it's going to, nothing is really going to change in this regard between now and the draft lottery. The Magic have the sixth best odds. They have a 37.2% chance of jumping up into the top four. They have a 9% chance of ending up with the number one overall pick. Don't forget, the top three teams only have a 14% chance to win the number one overall pick. So even though the Magic are sitting at six, it's only five percentage points less. And as Luke and I have talked about, we've been getting a lot of number ones lately, so it's entirely possible. And then the Magic own... Uh, the rights to Chicago's pick so long as Chicago stays out of the top four. Chicago has a 8%, 8.5% chance of ending up in the top four and a 1.8% chance of ending up with the number one overall pick. So that is what a 91.5% chance that the Magic are going to keep Chicago's pick. Um, and then it's going to be 11. It could be as low as 14 uh, but the odds of that are are really, really slim, Luke. So I'm going to go ahead and sim the lottery here. And the Magic end up with 6 and 11. Luke, if it's me, that happens draft lottery night. I'm good with that. Yeah. Uh, just Chicago, stay where you're at. And uh, don't do anything crazy. And if we keep the 6, that's a good night. That is, that is a good night. As we have said multiple times, the reason I don't care is because the team already, like, is way better than a top four pick needed. And you don't know what they're going to do with these picks. So 6-11 staying pat, that's that's totally fine. As fantastic as it would be to draft a Victor Wembenyama, you know, a Brandon Miller, a Scoot Henderson, there's a question posed to Jeff Weltman today during the Rookie of the Year press conference you know, ceremony. I forget who it was, but essentially the question was, now that you have a player of Paolo's caliber, does that change your strategy and the way that you look at the draft? And this is actually something that I've been thinking lately. Like, you already have Paolo, you already have Franz. Like, do you necessarily need another like top echelon guy at the draft? Are you going to turn your nose up at the potential to draft a guy like that? Absolutely not. But is it really such a bad thing if the Magic's if they're totally okay with, hey, we're just going to draft complimentary pieces to Paolo and Franz. Like, does it matter if we get Victor? Not really. We have Paolo, a guy that we believe can be a top 10 NBA player, and Franz, who we believe is could be an all-star, one of the best 20 players in the league. Are we good now just drafting and acquiring complimentary pieces to optimize what those guys do well? And to Jeff's credit, I guess I should give his answer, was that like they're still they're always trying to increase their draft process, um, but it doesn't necessarily change the way 
they look at the draft. Now, that might be true. That might not be true. He's not really going to let on to how they're thinking anyway. But Luke, what do you think? I mean, as far as like adding a, a, if you're worried about adding a top piece, you know, a top three pick versus complementary pieces, where I stand is 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 where I've stood for a while, which is, I think you only are taking one player in this draft. I think if that, I think that you are potentially trading your at least one pick to get a an established player, not a star, but an established player. And I just think that, you know, it comes down to how many young guys do you want on this roster? How many young alphas do you want on this roster? And and what's the price you're willing to pay? And so I I just that's kind of my stance and it has been my stance. Like I I don't really know, but I I know that I just think that they will just add one piece come this off season. How much of a relief is it for the first time in in 10 years, 11 years, you're not going into the draft being like, we have to get our guy or it's a bust. Like to me, that is such a weight lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah, it all goes back to what we've said, which is I don't think this team isn't a, a, a lottery team, in my opinion. You saw what they did after the five and 20 start. If the you know if health had gone their way, who knows where they end up? But I just don't think we need you know another generational guy, which is crazy to say. We'll take it. No questions <laughs> yeah. asked. I'll take Victor if you're going to give him to me. Yeah, if you're going to give him to me, but I'm not sweating. Like I'm not losing sleep over. Oh man, I hope he like like last year going into the draft lottery. Like man, we need to get at least a top like top two or three. That's what we wanted because we needed it. So now that you've got the guy, as that reporter like posed, do you does anything change? Does the approach change? Like I said, I'm not losing sleep. All right. I don't want you to lose sleep and I don't want you to fall asleep, but I want you to do an exercise with me. If you're driving, pause the episode, find a nice place with some shade to pull over. If you're listening to this anywhere else and it's safe, I want you to close your eyes with me. And just tell me if your your thinking changes. Close your eyes. I can see you. I'm talking to you, Luke. Close your eyes. All right, listen. All right. We're all at Wall Street Plaza. All right. We're mm-hmm. we're watching this together. There's just it's a nice humid, you know, summer night in Orlando. Balmy. We're all we're all oh, sweaty and the sweat is dripping down your brow with anticipation. The sun has just gone down and we're watching mm-hmm. the NBA draft lottery. Mm-hmm. With the eleventh pick, Chicago Bulls, and then the commentary whisper, "Oh well, the Magic own that pick. It's that pick's <laughs> going to convey to the Magic." And we're all excited. And with the seventh pick, and with the sixth pick, and it's not the Magic. Mm. What goes through your mind the moment the Magic are not at sixth? And then does your opinion change on whether or not you need the number one overall pick? <laughs> I tell uh, you, I no, go from not I, at six to needing the number one overall pick immediately. Yeah. Um, if you're not there at six, I'm I'm like, here we go again. Like, the crowd is going to get crazy if we're not there at six. Go to commercial break. The magic still have yet to be revealed. That's a great feeling. There's not much like it. You're not at four. You're not at three. You're not at two. 
Oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> baby. We've been there. Like, I, I tell people that is a high I will be chasing yeah. for the rest of my life because there is literally nothing like that. Yeah. If your team has never won the number one overall pick, I feel bad for you because you should it try is it sometime. crazy. Yeah. I, and that was when we didn't think there was a generational talent. Think about what it would be for this year. The, just the nerves and, oh man. I think it was, it was Bleacher Report or ESPN that had an article out today talking about Victor's fit with each lottery team and talking about the magic. And the fact that he wouldn't be asked from day one to like be the guy, even though he's probably capable of it, I think would be such a good fit for him. This is my bias speaking. Orlando is a great fit for Victor Wembanyama. I hope he feels the same way. And if the Magic gets six, I hope he just says, if you draft me one through five, I'll stay in France. I'll play for the Metropolitan <laughs> 92 or whatever it is. But yeah, I just, ooh, I, I can't help but envision that moment when the Magic are not there at sixth. And then we're just like, oh, then you're at least in the top four. And then you know you're not going to be there at five. And then if you're not there at four, you're not there at three, you're not there at two. <laughs> if we do win the number one overall pick, there, no one is telling me I'm not seeing an NBA championship in my lifetime. Right. I will refuse to believe it. Well, you've already said it, and I don't think you said it on on the show. But you've said, we get the number one pick, I'm getting a Larry O'Brien tattoo. And then I'll, we're not I'll putting a year, year on later. it until we happen. I'll exactly. fill in the year later. I would love to be able to stick to that. But I, I don't, that would be like all-time bad karma, I feel like. Those things yeah. never work out. Every time you see somebody get a tattoo before the championship game or whatever, it never works out for them. Yeah, but so, to be fair, you wouldn't be putting a year on it. I just feel like it's a little more loose. Loose. It karma. is a little bit more loose, Ayo. But I just I wouldn't feel right about it. I wouldn't feel right about it. I'd be extremely confident. Mm-hmm. But like, mm, man, just makes me think bad thoughts. If the Magic end up with Something the number one subtle, overall pick, just put it. Put it. Put the Larry O'Brien inside Spider Man. Your Spider Man tattoo's eye or something. <laughs> yeah, we've got our the, eye on the eyes Larry are... O'Brien. Listen, exactly. don't let the Magic win the number one overall pick again. You thought the Warriors dynasty was annoying? Don't let the Magic <laughs> get the number one overall pick again. That's all I'm gonna say. That's right. This talk, I think, is a perfect segue into us ending the show, where we're gonna talk about the lottery party again. Coming up on May 16th, it is a Tuesday night at seven o'clock. We are going to be partnering with the Orlando Magic and Michelob Ultra. We're taking over the Wall Street Plaza for the NBA Draft Lottery Watch Party. We're giving away this autographed Paolo Bancaro basketball. So if you want to be with a ton of other Magic fans, you want a chance to win this Paolo Bancaro signed ball, uh, you can join almost 350 people that have RSVP'd already to be at this draft lottery watch party. If you're watching on YouTube, the link to RSVP will be in the description. If you are watching or listening on the podcast on Spotify or on iTunes, the link will be in the podcast episode description as well. That's a Tuesday night. Again, mark your calendar, clear your schedule, May 16th, seven o'clock wall street plaza. It's going to be a blast. Luke, any final thoughts? Um, no, Nope, that's, uh, that's about it. All right, folks. 18 days and counting to the Draft Lottery Watch Party. 
don't let the Magic win number one again. The NBA will regret it. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.